Greetings from wherever you're listening to in the world. Welcome back. Episode 56 of your favorite homegrown podcast coming out of New England. I am your host, Andrew Leverton, and we're keeping this thing rolling, baby, through the holidays. Um, Today is the 17th of December, 2018. So, guys, last couple days of 2019 here. Um, It's been a good year. You know, I'm sure all you guys are reflecting and shit for the next couple of days before the holidays. And before you know it, you'll be heading home wherever you live and where maybe wherever you grew up to spend a couple of days with your family or maybe some of you don't have family and you're just hanging out with friends. That's cool too. It's what it's about, man. The holidays, uh, you know, I think they're a little over, they're a little overhyped sometimes. I mean, you know, especially if you're in a relationship, you got to go somewhere. It's a big deal of where you're going to split the time or are you going to spend the time with your significant other's family And it causes all sense of strain. But sometimes the best holidays are the ones you don't even have to put thought into. They're just friends where you go back for just a small family gathering. And um, I hope yours is stress-free as hopefully mine will be. So happy holidays from the podcast. Um, We are rolling into 2019 strong. I have a couple interviews slash conversations lined up over the next couple of weeks. Um, some really good conversations, but you know, as I look back 2018, we started up the podcast again, strong. Um, I believe our roots got started in 2016, um, back on the SoundCloud page at the old apartment there, me and Derek episode one, I can't believe it's been, um, almost 60 episodes. So I just, I appreciate the fuck out of everybody listening to this show consistently. Um, the small community of you out there from wherever you are, I appreciate you. Um, and happy holidays to you all. Today, uh, my guest is my one and only, a guy that I've actually been trying to get a conversation with scheduled for um, over a year now. We talked about it, and you know he's a pretty hard guy to pin down because um, the sort of the na- the reason we're kind of having the conversation today. This guy's name is Kyle Fast. He's a mutual friend of uh, another person who's been on the podcast, Ryan Mooney, before a guy I met in grad school. I met Kyle about probably two summers ago. At my buddy's farm, we were just hanging out by a fire, having a few beers, and um, he has a really interesting life. He spends most of his time out on sea, navigating ships for you know wealthy people over in Europe, and you know sails ships for them, works on ships, and you know has got to travel a lot and witness some really really cool stuff, which we got into detail with. And you know me, this is I, I love this stuff, guys. I love talking to people that you know, see an opportunity when they're young or just see an opportunity that's maybe a bit different outside of the typical, um, you know, society driven norms that we are all accustomed to and they make life work for themselves. So Kyle, thank you again, man, for coming just about an hour to record the conversation. You are the man. I hope we, um, get to record another one sometime soon when you're back on the state side and, um, you know, again, always welcome back open door. If you're not subscribed to our podcast, check it out. Divergent thinking podcast under SoundCloud, as well as we are on the iTunes podcast app for any of you guys with iPhones out there. So again, thank you all for listening. Enjoy the conversation with a very unique and special friend of mine, Kyle fast. And I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your 2018 and here's to a fresh 2019 with great things to come.
like I was saying, man, there's um, this podcast has connected me with like many interesting people, and it, it's kind of surreal how sometimes like someone will reach out and say that they're listening. Right. And it always trips me out because sometimes these are people I barely know, or I've met once or twice, or I haven't seen them in three or four years, but they're actively listening to my podcast, which is kind of cool. Cheers, man. Well, thank you for coming out all across the world to be on the podcast. (laughs) I'm happy to be here, man. So you've been listening for a bit, man. I I remember you subscribed to me like six months ago, and then um, out of nowhere, I shot you a message because... I don't know. I I thought about it was literally about a year ago, man. This is like this podcast, this conversation has been being planned for like over a year. Maybe, maybe. You know, I think I saw something on Facebook and um, or maybe something like that. And I was like, whoa, Andrew Leverton has a podcast. I got to listen to this. Right. uh, Because, you know, I rant like crazy. Yeah. And and uh, so far, like I love the the CT super fan. I love the fish man. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like uh, your friends who are moving out overseas, uh, it's uh, it's usually an interesting conversation. So thanks, man. I appreciate it. And I figured, you know, some of the international, um, you know, listeners have probably been you along the way, which is fucking cool. But no, that's awesome, man. Like you've actually been following it along, yeah. um, and, and that's that's awesome. So where have you been living the last couple of months? Well, first of all, man, let's like talk about. It. So I barely even know you, and that's why this podcast is so great because you know it allows me to Likewise. meet people and get to know people at probably a better level like what better way to get to know someone than talk to them for an hour and a half straight right so we we probably met at ryan mooney's house three or four times maybe yeah yeah when when you guys were were in the same program or Mm -hmm. or whatever it was yep Um, so we were doing our masters and uh i met you there sitting around a bonfire talking about skiing yeah having a beer or two (laughs) and uh all of a sudden now you're a listener man so i appreciate that yeah yeah um the last the last year has been um, it's been crazy. It's I guess it's a long story, but um. So why don't you start off by just telling everybody like kind of what you do? Because the reason I wanted to get you on here, man, candidly, is that um, I think you have a super interesting lifestyle that not a lot of people probably think about. Um, and I think also the marine aspect of whether it's trade or doing stuff like you do and uh-huh. the water, I think there's a lot of money in that, and people don't even realize because it's like not, it's right under your nose, but <laughs> it's just not in like your conscious, you know? Yeah, I think uh, the marine trades is in uh, merchant. In merchant shipping, I think there's a lot of money, and that's certainly not what I do. Um, what I do is is I uh, I manage a sailing yacht for a German family uh, that's based out of Italy at the okay. moment. So so right now I'm home because the the boat is on land, and it's uh it's pretty safe up there. Um, and so I joined in the first of May, um, and so got the boat ready. And in June, we did some cruises, some week-long cruises with the owner. And the first one was was his friend for like 10 days, just sailing around. Uh, the next one was with his whole family. So wife, two kids, two boys, um, eight and 14. So you're just like taking this family out for sailing adventures, essentially? Yeah, yeah. Um, like what's like... So how did... So let me back up. Like how did you get to know this family specifically? How does it work? So in the summer of 2017, I went sailing with some German friends of my father's in Newport. Uh, this this man named Jorg, and uh, Jorg's friend owned this boat, 
or bought this boat shortly after. And in York, I think we, we sailed, so like August 2017, and right. so February of this year, 2018, Jorg, um sent me an email and was like, hey, I, I need some boat help in Germany, and then my friend has this yacht, and maybe you'd be a good fit on this on this boat. So, so I went to Germany for two months, uh, hung out in Munich, and um, worked on this classic yacht with him. And then... Um, First of May, went to Italy and joined his friend on this um, on the sailing yacht, the Vela Carina, and um, yeah, yeah, we we did we did one delivery. Uh, it was like overnight. We started one afternoon, and then um, we got to the next port the next day. And uh, ever since then, I signed the contract right there, and uh, we've just been doing the just been managing the boat. With, so, the, with the captain. So what exactly do you do for the people listening out there who maybe have never heard of such a thing? So like, uh, explain your job kind of a little bit. Well, so I was designated to be the mate on this boat. Um, and so there was a captain and me. And um, so for those of you who are listening, it's... Um, it's uh you basically just keep the boat floating <laughs> uh, like that there's um you have like maintenance lists things you do every week things you do every month and mm-hmm. and um and things go wrong more often than uh than they should probably but but that's just the nature of of, the, of the beast and and the big system sure um so so yeah and the the owner being a new owner has like little things that he always wanted to change so so we did a lot of um work on the boat yeah and stuff. just just modifying it and and uh testing everything out and learning how all the systems work so that when we actually went sailing everything was was ready to ready to roll okay and then you're so you help him basically steer the ship from point a to point b like what are some other contracts or is it kind of just with this family like how does it really work how do you find work so the the marine industry is small enough that i think a lot of it at least in the united states is just um i mean it's luck and who you know word of mouth Yeah, yeah and um so like i said i got this job just because i went sailing with some germans yeah. and um and yeah, just uh, you show up and you work hard and and try not to be a jerk. And if yeah. they like you and, and you and you um, can do your job, then then you know maybe it doesn't work out for that particular boat or it works on down the line or, or for this it just worked out in uh, right place, sure. right time. And I was lucky enough to just jump in. Cool. And like you didn't go to school for like being a boat mechanic or you don't have any sort of technical training, do you? Or you have you, how did you start? You just have been sailing your whole life? Yeah, yeah, you just um uh no, I said I studied chemistry in school. Um but so you're I, one of those people that are not using their degree for what they're doing at all, right? I feel no. like they always throw that stat out, you know? Well, it's funny. You know, I, I worked in, I guess, in the field of chemistry for maybe a year. Um, Doing what? You were like a, someone in like a lab just mixing up chemicals? I worked at a, a big pharmaceutical company nearby as a, as a yeah, basically a lab rat. Uh, and, and I hated it. Um, and then I worked for about four years for this man named uh, Mike Cavanaugh, who built machines mostly for scientists. And uh, that was really cool. It's just Mike and I. Like lab equipment? Yeah, yeah, for the most part, or, or um, all sorts of 
all sorts of crazy machines. Yeah, yeah, dude. I talk to a lot of those people, at least people who sell them. So, like, yeah. I work in the medical okay. device industry. So, it's oh, like, wow. yeah, I work for Medtronic. You know Medtronic? Yeah. Yeah. Sure pacemakers, like, okay. diabetes equipment, surgical equipment, same thing. Um, but, yeah, it's like you, you talk to all these people, man. And uh, I, I feel like I, I hear all their backgrounds and, and various stories. But, like, the reason why I love, a, like, a story like you kind of just said was you graduated with a chemistry degree. You said it was kind of boring. <laughs> and now you're using it. It, you're using your talents and kind of working the system for yourself. That's kind of what this podcast's all about, man. Yeah, yeah. It's a uh, you know, I was just lucky enough to be to be to have the opportunity to go try to do this and then um, and and fit in the way I did. So, right. Uh, so, how long have you been cool. sailing? Your whole life? Yeah, yeah, forever. Yeah. For the most part, and that, and I got into it for the sailboat racing aspect, which is which is a lot different from the uh, from what I do now, which is really just keeping a boat floating um 90 80 percent of the time probably is just so you're keeping just the sitting boat floating. There? yeah yeah no it, it's um it's cool like this fall we did it we did a lot of work uh we actually the owner came with his van and right. the new generator and we literally just swapped out a generator uh on this on this boat one weekend it was uh it was pretty fun no that's awesome man so you're are you let me ask you this though so you uh so you don't have necessarily like a steady nine to five maybe you're not like having the traditional health care and benefit 401k all that shit no right? certainly but, not but like are you enjoying what you're actually doing because i read some stats today man there's like 30 percent of people or like 13 percent of people actually like what they do 60 percent <laughs> of people 60 percent of people just kind of feel indifferent about it and then the remainder just sort of hate what exactly what they do so you're probably in that 13 percent, man you seem happy you seem jovial i mean i'm really lucky to have this job um and when you're doing it you're right like some days are not great uh and there are other days that are just like wow I can't believe I'm getting paid for this. So, so it goes, it goes, it goes both ways. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like any job, you know? Yeah. Any job. But like, you know, as long as you're aligned to it, right. I think that's the big piece. As long as you're okay with kind of living this like pirate vagabond lifestyle, <laughs> bouncing around from place to place. And the fact that you get to travel and reap the benefits of that lifestyle is fucking awesome, man. But you said you're, you're 30, right? Yeah, 30. 30. 30 so, like, now. you know, are you are you looking to keep living this lifestyle, like, for a long time? Is it sustainable? So, I've only really been doing this for, since February. Uh, okay. Like, living out of a duffel bag in Europe, I guess. Um, I, you're right. At some point, I'd like to do something that's not running somebody's big toy. Um, but maybe, maybe do this for another year. There's still so many... So, we went... This summer we went from starting out in Italy, so so near Pisa, just south of Pisa. We went to um, an island called Elba, which is just off of of Italy. Beautiful, beautiful place. Anyone ever has a chance to go there? Um, we went south to this place called uh, Argentario, and then we went over to the island of Corsica. Sailed sailed down Corsica. Um, and when you're like you're naming these places, are you just like bringing this family from island to island? You're spending a few hours there, you're hanging out on the beach. Like, what is that? Yeah. What does that look like in real time? So, like, so in real time, yeah, it's 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 uh you you know um this isn't typical, but but we wake up in the morning and and uh, okay, there's wind to sail this place, or or we want to go to this place next. So so how do we get there? And 
And depending on the weather, you, you say, okay, we can make 30 miles today. Or maybe the weather's really good. You can make like 60 miles that day. Or, or you know, at, at one point we had to cross over to Corsica, uh, which was like 150 miles. So we decided, you know, one morning, hey, we'll start and we'll end up there, you know, early the next morning. So you right. just send it. Power through, yeah. Yeah, you go... And and at night, you know, you, one person stays up, so yeah, like you just cruise into the night. Yeah, yeah. Like old Black Betty, Black Betty. And of course, the wind dies, so you need to turn the engine on for a little bit. But yeah. but at least you're making progress all night. Damn, are you? You ever had to steer at night? Like all that? the time, yeah. Okay. I mean, uh, I mean, it is like a good portion of the day, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not on this boat, this boat, and this cruise, you know, with the family, uh, two young kids, we tried to do most of our sailing, but we had two long passages that were just kind of overnight. Okay. Yeah. So that's awesome. So you literally just got this job out of nowhere, and now you're looking to renew a contract and, you know, remain in the industry? Or yeah. Or you're looking to maybe get away and settle something down in a little, in a couple years? Yeah, you know, it's, um... Yeah, it's strange. It's uh, it's probably hard to know, right? It's probably hard to know what the fuck the yeah. future is gonna tell. Are you okay with that? I'm I'm okay with it right now. You know, being home back in the United States where I can talk to everybody, uh, it's great. Everyone speaks the same language. Um, it's nice. It's nice to be home. Um, I don't have any like. I I guess um. Okay, I could like renew this contract and go back. Um, but the owner this year wants to do like charters, so he wants to rent the boat out to people. And for me, you know, I took this job to go sailing and, and see the world, and um, I I don't know. So we have to, we just have to, you know, it's um, we'll see we'll see how it goes, you know. Yeah, and, no, absolutely. And that's the thing you can't like with a lifestyle like that. There's probably so many opportunities that could come your way, but. You know, like like the one that happened to you, most of them probably just happen organically and you can't call for that in the future, you know? It kind of right. just sort of happens. But as long as you're flexible with it, are there like, is there sort of like a community of people living the same life as you? Oh, there's, there certainly are. And there are people who are, who are dug into it, if right. you will, way I, more than... I sort than... of equate it to like maybe the people that are working at a ski resort or a resort like that where, you know, maybe they're, they're from all over the world or all over the country and they're all in this one area working but also having fun and kind of being in the same area. Yeah, yeah. It's a... Uh... I mean, there, there are so many yachts out there, and, and I work on a small sailing yacht, so, so my life is, is way different than, than the people you talk to who work on, uh, on the super yachts that are on shows like Below Deck or something like that. Okay. Uh, Never yeah. seen it, but yeah, yeah. Um, I figure it's a boat-related show. It, it is. It was like they did a reality TV show about super yacht crews, and, and their lifestyle is way more organized than mine. And, in fact, you know, I wasn't even captain of this boat. Uh, I don't have a license to run a yacht like this in Europe. Okay. So what happened so, was I moved over and we had a, we had a captain and then and then he quit for whatever reason about a month in, and um, we hired another captain, a uh, older Italian guy, and uh, started our started our big cruise like the six week cruise with the family and he was on the boat for about a week and a half before we decided, well. I didn't really have anything to do with the decision. The family decided that he didn't really fit in, and we just kind of left him off somewhere. And then it was just me, and um, that's been the that's been the way it was since July, and and now it's um, now it's December, and we actually have another Italian captain who's going to work with us next summer. Um, 
if we do the the charter thing for the charter thing you need a commercial license okay so what's the difference between a charter thing and what you're doing right now chartering is more like bringing people out to fish right yeah i don't not for this boat i think the chartering is more uh they get to cruise they you know um you know i've never done a charter before which is pretty funny but uh what i've learned is is you pick a place where you want to go. So we'll do a charter around North Sardinia or something. So the family will join us somewhere on a Saturday afternoon, get on the boat, have dinner, go to sleep. Sunday they decide, okay, we want to do some sailing. We stop. We want to do some swimming. Maybe they want to do a lot of more sailing and, and not so much swimming. Maybe they just want to sit on the dock that day. Uh, you're just kind of at at their at their beck and will, and, and you make sure you have all the food and, and beverages that they need on board. Wow. So you're just working for rich people. That's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Someone said uh, we're the leeches of the lifestyles of the rich and famous or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but you know what? At least you're doing it. At least you're getting out there and seeing it. But yeah. It's a strange place to be. For you sure. know, I, I kind of, uh, I, I see you like working at home and uh, I think that's that's pretty cool too. You don't need to go anywhere. You don't need to like... It know. is pretty cool. I have to say like, the grass is always greener, right? Everyone always wants to be on the other side. Yeah. But sometimes the other side, like you said, there's good days, there's bad days. And, um, you know, it's not always what you picture on the other end. So right. I do like working from home. People ask me about it all the time. And like you said, how do you stay motivated? A lot of the jobs that are worked from home, some of them are a bit more on the freelance side and there's not right. as much structure, but I'm a recruiter. So if you're, you know, doing what you're supposed to do, you're talking like five, six, up to 10 people a day, back wow. to back to back. Yeah, legit. I'm interviewing probably between on average six to 10 people a day. So that keeps you busy for like three to five hours, you know? It's and then, a lot of work. And then on top of the emails you're keeping up with and the yeah, app, like yeah. stuff you got to do in the system and all that. Right. It's like, it's a full day. But, oh, of course. But, um, if you know, it's because we're held accountable. The people who design these jobs, they're they're smart. They know that working from home is going to be cheaper for them, too. They're not yeah, doing right, this because right. they want me to work from home. They're doing this because it costs me <laughs> a lot less money for them to give me a computer, a, like a monitor, and a couple little pieces of equipment rather right. than to have me sit somewhere for 360 days a year. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I hear you. Yeah, but I don't know. It's like it, it's allowed me. It's allowed me to. It allows me to have a lot more flexibility, right? If I need to run out, go to a doctor's appointment, take my car around the corner, or like you know, some days just cut out early. Like you know, some days I have an appointment to go to, uh -huh. leave at three thirty. That's totally something that won't even get questioned, which right. is awesome because there's that flexibility. But I gotta tell you, a lot of the things I do see is that people have a hard time sort of shutting off and disconnecting between work and you know yeah outside which i don't have that problem you have, you have rollerblading i do i do rollerblade yeah. how funny is that um i do have rollerblading i have other things but some people work as their life and i don't think i ever want to be that person because no. what we're doing right now and rollerblading and skiing quite frankly a lot more fun i like it that is. i like it that is. part of life way more yeah, you yeah, know yeah. so um work is fun i like it i the people i work with are awesome but at the end of the day too I get, life is more fun on the other side. You gotta, you gotta live to work. 
Yeah. Work to live, right? (laughs) Yeah, work to live. Something like that. But no, this is a good company, though, that's based out of Europe. And, you know, because they're like based out of Europe, they have those European values. So they give their employees a lot more flexibility and a lot more vacation time. Exactly. So, um, I mean, you you spent a lot of time. It seems like you've spent a lot of time in Europe as like, you know, I want to ask you, like what in your experience in, um, you know, the people that you've interacted with on a day-to-day basis, what's their perceptions of America in the last two years? Like, oh, has that boy. changed? I don't know if it's changed because I've only been I've only been abroad this year. Um, you know, I just have to say that like thank thank God Europe isn't isn't like China or something, and they use the same number system and like yeah, and at least uh, in Germany, basically everybody speaks English, so so at least you can go out and know you have someone to talk to. Um, but yes, as being the, uh, as being the, um, the American, you know, you get that question a lot. Hey, uh, so what do you think about the, the current Current political, you know, know, what's going on in your country and all that? You just kind of have to, um, hunker down and, 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 and answer the question anyway, (laughs) or or avoid the question. Yeah, you know what you're saying? This is to anyone out there that's listening. Yo, if anyone says, so like, what do you think of the current political situation? Yo, you know what you say? None of your goddamn fucking business. Yo, who'd you vote for? Yo, none of your business, man. It's like, who cares? I don't know. I I mean, something I'm sure you've realized that I've said this on the show before, man, I try to not pay attention to what's going on because there is literally no return on investment for being quote unquote in right. the know being informed what yeah, does yeah, that yeah, get yeah. you i don't i don't think it, i i think you're right and i think that in in the, like immediate terms it doesn't get you anything but i think in the in the in the broader sense that you live in a in a democratic republic and because you live in a democratic republic you kind of have if you're going to reap the benefits of that then you kind of also have to uh keep the system alive which means that you need to be aware enough to vote, I think. Yeah, but the people that are going out and voting for us are on behalf of us. They're not representing what the fuck I believe in, dude. Not at all. Probably not. Then then you're <laughs> going to have to run yourself. I no, don't, I don't no, know. Uh, no, 100%. I'm just saying it's like, yo, what like you people that's like are paying attention to these people who are supposedly in power and representing us and all that, right? But at the end of the day, they don't care about us. They don't care about like any of the. They're just trying to make money, man. It's all a business. I think some of them do do care deeply um, about the common person, and 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 it and if and if you feel that way, and if they don't, then then we've got to elect better people. But I think I think part of just I, I mean, like you can't just sit back and be like, "What does this country do for me?" You gotta you have to you have to like take some responsibility not responsibility oh <laughs> no there's only so much you can yeah. do yeah, especially yeah. living in connecticut you kind of know which way connecticut's gonna go um oh no but like dude i i think you're missing the point of it like dude that's like not even in my head like i don't even care about any of that like i don't like political when people start talking about politics to me it's right. like dude yo did you hear about kavanaugh like yo 
if you're talking about Kavanaugh, they got you, man. They got you. <laughs> like, they fucking got you, dude. There's so much horrible shit going on in this world, but people want to focus on the latest Trump dude. tweet or the latest horrible story. And I get yeah. it. But what, no, but Kyle, what I'm asking you, what I'm challenging people is, what is that actually doing for your personal life, for Kyle Fast? Not much, dude. Being in the know that there's some controversy or some controversial tweet that Trump did or that Kavanaugh did. It's like, dude, there's not that much that you're going to learn or like get out of that. Just knowing that it's happening. It's the same thing as keeping up with the Kardashians or professional wrestling. Dude, the but the Kardashians shit. don't don't run the federal government. That's the difference. It's like the Supreme Court is important. I mean, they they are the people that decide that that um that gay people can get married or mm-hmm. or that or or you know that people have the right to choose or No, for sure. Or uh, and that's that's kind of something that as Americans you know if if you take the 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 approach that okay, I don't care about any of it, then then you run the risk of it being something that you're not proud of, and and I think if there's something that we should be proud of, it's 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 um, the country we live in. Yeah, and it's and I am proud, dude. Yeah. I am proud. I am proud of where I live and all this stuff. I like America, but at the end of the day, like my experience is much different than 90% of the people in this country. And I Probably. totally acknowledge, and I totally right. acknowledge that. So I'm not going to say like, yeah, America's fucking awesome because you know what? Someone who's dirt poor in the South in Mississippi, maybe they don't think this country's so awesome. Yeah. But I just said, everybody just has such a difference of a, like of opinion, a different perspective that it's hard to, it's hard to really know where you fall on the food chain. So you just right. have to realize that, you know, it's like there's I don't know. It's hard, man. I think a lot of difficult. On the way here, I was I was listening to uh, Science Friday on NPR, and they were talking about how the Hubble Space Telescope. Yep. Twenty five years ago was the first time they repaired the Hubble Space Telescope, and I like I think of the Hubble Space Telescope as like something that Americans can be really yeah. really proud. Kyle, of. like yo, like, that is such it? a kick ass thing. That it we is. Did. Yo, like my calendar. You if you go up to my room, it's the Hubble Space Telescope. Yeah. And they were talking about Legit. funding funding the next space telescopes and that how, you know, since the current administration hasn't been funding that much money, you know, it's, it's a lot harder. And, and, and I can't help to think, like, I would love to be the generation that funded the new space telescope instead of, instead of the one that, I mean, where warplanes are cool and... Uh, they submarines are. keep people employed but do we need uh, three four hundred of them yeah, extra yeah, yeah. you know but that's but that's the thing is like you can't be mad at the current administration for like there being more money dumped into the war because that's just the way our system's designed pratt and whitney right 45 minutes north yeah of yeah if, right, if right, they right, get right. if they get an order for 500 jets from the federal government you think they're not going to take it no yeah. they're going to take it it's the way business is designed that's what i'm saying it's a right. system yeah it's, it's a system issue i guess it's a complex can we stop talking about this? Yeah, yeah. Fuck this. Why did my show turn political? No, You're right. Good. You're right, man. Jeez, I'm sorry. No, but I'm no, but like to go back to the original point and kind of we got a little bit sidetracked. No, yeah. but like from what you from what you've like experienced on a day to day basis over there, like do people really what has people's views changed of America in the last two years? I, since Donald I, Trump I has been president. I can't say that they've changed. I mean, like, people have this 
people have this view of America. Yeah, and like and, explain that. Like explain okay. what you like your perception of what people's view in Italy right. and Europe's view is of America. That's what I'm um, most interested in. Well, their view is California. <laughs> I mean, like, um, uh, and and when you anyway, so so like oh what. Where are you from in in the United States, California? Right? It's like no, no, I'm not I'm not from California. Right. But, um, it's like a one in fifty shot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Why do they think it's I, all California? They just think everyone has long hair and no, surfs no. waves. Like... I, I think I think people are just in love with that lifestyle that they see, and um, and and we feed them this lifestyle. I I do have to say, there are a lot of clothes in in Europe that I saw that have American writing on them. Yeah, like the German kids on the boat only had T-shirts with American things on them. They, the fourteen-year-old had a Thrasher magazine T-shirt, and I'm like, dude, that is so far removed from your society and your world. <laughs> from even me, I mean, yeah, and, I, and, and you're I, a white kid yeah. from the U.S. <laughs> no, I know what you're saying. That is that is crazy when you see like in Japan, um, people have like it's just it just shows you that fashion transcends culture, you know. Yeah. Like, I yeah, bet yeah. if you go down in the streets of Japan and Tokyo, I bet there's a ton of people wearing Supreme and a lot of U.S. brands. But it is right. probably nuts. Um, but sorry, what were you say? No, I, I don't know. I, I think the funniest thing is is the is uh, Germany's kicking ass right now. I mean, they've in Munich, where I was, uh, it's hard to hire people because the employment rate is so low. It's somewhere like two or three percent. The unemployment rate. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Unemployed unemployed people is two or three percent, and then you go. You go um, just over the Alps down to Italy, uh, not a far trek, you know, a thousand miles maybe, you know, a third of our East Coast, and uh, the unemployment rate is 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 nine ten percent among uh, you know people my age or your age, and uh, and it's just um, it's wild to see those differences. Um, yeah, no, and- I I can imagine, and like. Getting a job there as an American, what does that look like? Like, do they allow people like yourself, right? So you're a U.S. citizen. Yeah. Is there is there an opportunity? Do they like do they give people visas like yourself? Because you so, know, I'll tell you this, man. In my time of recruiting, I talk to a lot of people who aren't from this country, and yeah, maybe it's yeah, the yeah. administration now or whatever. But like, dude, they do not give visas to almost right. anyone. No, and it, it's the Europe has done the same thing. With their blue card system, it's it's very much um, similar. They need to um, show proof that they tried to hire someone in their country first before hiring you. So it's like priority over right. outsiders. And I guess the way the yacht works is the yacht's actually flagged out of Great Britain uh, and run by a company in a different country than Great Britain. So there's a lot of... Um, Basically, basically, uh, I I don't really want to talk about it. But, no, it's uh, okay. But it but it, it it kind of works out in the end where you're not you're not working in the in the country, so there's a way around it. There's a loophole, like a legal yeah. loophole. Okay, cool. I just figured because you know, again, it's getting more and more difficult for people who are not from this country to you know immigrate here. So mm-hmm. I was curious if it was like the Europe was kind of following suit. Yeah, I think they definitely do to to protect jobs or i mean they have they've they've got a bigger immigration problem than we do right now so you think i mean is it true like europe oh and that yeah i mean you see what's happening in europe with um 
with these uh, these parties come in that are so protective. And um, yeah, I mean, they I mean, you think about the number of of immigrants that they have trying to get it trying to get in from um, from across the Mediterranean. And the numbers are staggering compared to I mean, there's we had an immigration problem in the 90s, but now the numbers are, are, are way down of, of illegal people trying to cross. I mean, maybe that we again, know but that we know. That's that what I know. always say. Yeah, but it's like how how many how many know, people man. are in America? Like three hundred million plus Mexicans. Like, dude, you never know. Eight million or something plus Mexicans. One. Like, yo, who knows yeah, what but, the real number is? Yeah, yeah, those guys work harder every day than you no. or I do. So. Well, dude, trust me, bro. I, no, no, I'm, I'm not yeah. saying that in a derogatory way. I'm saying like, yo, three hundred plus plus mil, like three hundred million plus whoever the fuck right. knows. Maybe who, there's another hundred million. Knows? I'm saying, yo, maybe they're half our population and we don't even realize it. That's what I'm saying. It's because there's no way to accurately census that, you know? And dude, trust me, yo, I don't give a fuck that those people are in our country because I've worked in Applebee's. I've worked in situations where I've worked with some of those people. And you're yeah, right, right, man. They are the hardest working people that right. I've ever and met. And the nicest. And, you know, of course, this is a sweeping generalization yeah, right? because right. some of them right, are right, criminals, right. some of them are pieces of shit, but just like us, man, just like us, some white people from Connecticut are pieces of shit and some are great people. But I'll tell you, a lot of the ones that I've come in contact with, a lot of them, they got two jobs, two full-time jobs at least, 80 hours a week. A yeah, lot of the yeah, ones yeah. I used to work with at Applebee's, they would get up be a prep cook at Applebee's and work the lunch shift till three, go over to Chili's, work till four o'clock till midnight and like do it all over again. Send that all money back to Ecuador or whatever, (laughs) wherever these people are from. It's insane, man. I can't immigrant mentality. You know, it's a real thing. I, um, yeah, yeah. I have to, uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta feel sympathy, like sympathy for the person who, who, who has to put their life down to to come join join life somewhere else where they might not even know the language? Because I agree. Just having lived in a country where, you know, where nobody knows your, your language, it's it's hard. It's hard to uh, you don't feel yeah. as confident going into stores. Yeah. You don't feel as confident just talking to people on the street. You don't feel as confident taking public transportation because the instructions you take for granted here are in english and that you can understand and when you go to a different country they're not english anymore right. it's like it's like whoa but in spirit of this podcast man like a lot we talk about technology and how much the world is changing okay there's um you know it's crazy because it's also to that counterpoint it's never been easier there's apps on your phone yeah, now yeah, that yeah. and i'm and i'm not saying that you're what you're saying isn't true of course very, it's very, very helpful hard. google translate google yes. translate and there's also google translate features now where you can take a picture of a sign and it will translate it for you live text yeah for sure yeah live, oh yeah and, and i'm saying very it's like, helpful very helpful and i would say anyone traveling to a foreign country you should you should both download the the well google translate um and you should download they they allow you to download all of the translations in that language so that you don't have to do them online so if whatever reason you don't have internet access you can have all the translations yeah. downloaded and and that's a really powerful tool for getting around that's like dude that's next level shit i saw i saw a um i saw something on amazon the other day same exact concept as you're talking about just in a separate device like a 130 dollar device the size of you know like an inhaler yeah and it it, it it went into Spanish, Mandarin, and Japanese. Dude, it's the babblefish. 
It might be it. I don't know. It was on Amazon. No, no, the Babblefish is from that uh, from that book, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I've never read it. Oh, okay. Yeah, is that they, your favorite? No, no, it's not my favorite book, but it's it's a pretty darn good book. Um, and uh, and uh, yeah, yeah, they have this thing called the Babblefish that you put in your ear, and it automatically translates the language that someone's speaking to you into your into whatever right <laughs> and that's and the, the babblefish and uh the hitchhiker's Gal- guide to the galaxy i've heard of that i just um i've never read it i know it was a movie but it's actually one of the books that's on my list to read currently i i, I just finished a book and i'm gonna wait till christmas and then i'm gonna read it by stephen king my parents are getting me it i asked for it for christmas it's okay. like 1300 pages i don't know if, if you ever read stephen king i think I, I think i read a book by stephen king but it was probably in high school yeah yeah i I read a lot of his books man i gotta tell you reading like a you know thousand to 13 1400 page stephen king book it's like watching a, a series of a show with right. six seasons it gets into everyone's backstory it gets everyone like thoughts and memories from the past uh-huh. it's it's really an immersive experience and when you think about it like 1400 pages i don't know how often you read man i read decently fast but like it's <laughs> it gonna take me at least six months to read a book like that wow yeah, ever since I started traveling, I've just had my Kindle, and 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 I've been reading a fair amount. Yeah, uh, just because the Kindle's so easy. Right. I tried the Kindle, dude. I had a Nook. I liked it, but you know what? Like, I like the and I know everybody says this, and it's so cliche, but I like the feeling of a book. I like the dude. Fun- everybody does. I mean, I do too. But you can't travel around with a pile of books. Like, yeah. I and mean, you look at one book, and then you look at the Kindle. Uh, it's it's smaller and and lighter than a book. Oh well, no, mm. not lighter, but. But at least smaller than yeah. one than one single book. So, no, for sure, man. Are you um? So you read a lot? Uh, I you into? was reading reading a lot, mostly mostly nonfiction, mostly okay. nonfiction books. But um, you know, occasionally, like I have the whole, I have all of the Calvin and Hobbes comics on my Kindle. Nice. <laughs> I've never that. seen any of those. I've never Calvin and Hobbes. Yo, so Kyle, if you don't know this about me, man, I haven't seen shit, man. <laughs> I haven't seen shit. Like, I haven't watched movies. I haven't seen a lot of TV. I think Calvin and Hobbes is it was oh, out of classic. the newspaper by the time we were we by the time we were even kids. But uh, oh, I'm aware of what it is. I just don't yeah. fucking. I've never seen it. Yeah, I would um strongly recommend it. Dad, never like I don't read many comic books, but I laugh out loud reading reading Calvin and Hobbes. Uh, you know and uh i i don't i recommend it but yeah, yeah. i can <laughs> see you sitting everybody. there in your fucking corner your little boat with a little <laughs> yeah. light. that's the thing this this paper white has a backlight so you can read in complete darkness and you can't go to sleep right afterwards because of the blue light but the blue light. that's what i have to say if anyone from amazon is listening i'm sure they're not uh all two of our two or three of our listeners right you know if anyone's working for amazon if you can make a way to invert the colors on your paper white or whatever or what i think it's a paper white kindle so you're saying like a black background and white text and white text are you sure so cool is that that not a feature already i feel like that's got to be on dude i've looked through all of the settings i won't blame you i feel like you probably spent a lot of time i mean i looked i multiple times i've looked for this and and maybe i mean i've been wrong before but uh yeah you'd think it would be a feature 
Yeah, like just it's on it's on the phone. You could do like a night mode. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. Right, and I think so. I you know, man, I look at screens. So part of like I we were catching up. Oh before. yeah, you could look at screens all day, huh? I look at screens ten to twelve hours a day for work, and I just sit here and I just look at two screens. I'm shifting between two all day, right? Does it screw so your eyes? It does. So um, I bought those blue light glasses. I have like these glasses upstairs yeah. because the human eye, for anyone who doesn't know, isn't designed to perceive the blue light and the artificial light that com- the computer emits, right? Because so, it's so high up in the, the it doesn't spectrum. come from the sun. Or it probably comes from the sun, but there's probably It's not unnatural, it. right? Okay. It's artificial. So our eye is not designed to perceive the blue light that a computer and a screen emits. So these people have made these glasses that block out that light because they say that the blue light is the reason why you get like head strain, you get a headache, um, you know, your eyes start getting like fuzzy after a while. I believe um, it. And I don't know, I've I've used it for about six months now and I like them, but it's it's also placebo is a motherfucker, man. You can convince yourself of just about anything. But yeah. I do notice a difference when I don't use them and I look at it a while. But that's why I've really gotten into skating, as you've seen, man, because I spend so much time at this house that I got to get outside. I got to stop looking at screens and just get some yeah. fresh air. Same reason I started I started running a lot was because, you know, at the end of the day, you just got to, like, drop everything. And, I mean, and uh, and go do something for 40 minutes. For that, yourself. Like, Dude, just, trust yeah. me. I make sure I do that every single day, whether yeah. it's going for a run, going to hit the skate park for a quick hour, whatever. I always make sure I do something for myself because at that point, if it's seven, eight o'clock and you haven't done your, something for yourself, then like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, maybe you're still working. <laughs> yeah, you're living. You're living for someone else. Yeah. Um, and and hey, and I'm not I'm not here to say that that's the wrong life because some people are workaholics. They love to, you know, maybe they own a business, right? And that's one. Yeah, of, and that yeah, that's a whole different world if you're right. building your own thing. Right? Yeah, and that's and that's my thing, man. Is that I I'm I'm not gonna say I'm content with life at all, but for where I'm at with my life right now, I'm pretty happy. It's like if somebody came at me with an offer that was thirty more thousand dollars than what i was doing right now but and it would obviously never be presented in a way like this right but if it was presented to me like hey andrew you're gonna make 30 more thousand dollars but you're gonna have to work three to four more hours a day you're gonna be stressed on the weekends you're gonna be Mm. checking your phone all the time i don't think i would take it man i have to be honest with you i really don't think i would take it i i yeah (coughs) I, i i certainly wouldn't (laughs) <laughs> i mean but, yeah considering you're like bouncing around the world like i figured you wouldn't no i mean uh yeah it's funny because because ever since i've been home i've been tied to my cell phone too because there's still people doing work on this boat and and they need answers to things and i i need to explain things to people um but but yeah i mean there's um wow yeah and there's some people who would take that offer yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Depends on personality, I think. It yeah. depends on your personality and what you're looking for, you know, because I observe all these like high executive people that, you know, maybe make $160,000, $180,000 a year, 200 plus, and their life between work and home is pretty blurry. And I don't, I don't like that, man. I like to be there, there to be a distinction and I like to have free time, like we said, because the, the time that's not working is just as fun, if not more fun. Yeah, for for certainly, certainly. And you know exactly. And if it was if it was fun, it wouldn't be called work, right? You gotta you gotta put the barrier down somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. So how long are you home for the holidays? 
Uh, like I said, we'll see. Um, maybe maybe I take this job back up. I don't think the the yard closes where the boat is for in a couple days and won't open up until January tenth, I believe. So the earliest I would go back is is the tenth. But um, if I were to go back, I'd probably fly into somewhere like Rome and and explore a couple days and then take a train back home. Cool. And, we'll, we'll and what have been some happens. of the coolest places that you've seen sailing in the last year, dude? <sighs> You must have a really cool perspective on the world. I feel like we're not doing this justice, man. Yo, um, I have to say, uh, so I, I grew up sailing here in Connecticut, um, specifically like Eastern Connecticut where Rhode Island is, uh, Fisher's Island Sound, just a fantastic place to go sailing. There's, uh, the water moves all the time. You know, the tide goes up and down. There's always water it's moving. It's unpredictable. In the summer, the water is this like dark green, right? So you can barely see like three feet underwater. There are rocks everywhere. It's a it's kind a terribly, of dangerous. Yeah, yeah, it's a terribly hard place to sail. There's all this current. There, the wind. You know, as we say in New England, the weather changes every 15 minutes. The med the Mediterranean is completely different. You can see 10 meter deep in the water anywhere you go. It's it's that clear. There's nothing growing. The weather is the weather. You know, all summer was predictably hot and sunny pretty much every day with the occasional thunderstorm. The water is deep there you know um there are a lot of islands and things and it was um i i mean just coming from here and, and going there it it's so cool to be able to like jump in the water and and see fish and things even though you know there are not so many fish in the mediterranean as there are in the atlantic but but you can see so many more of them because you can right. see so much further. And, and why, uh, and this is going to sound stupid, but like, why can you see more of them? Like, why is it the water significantly more clear over there? Yeah. It, it's because there's nothing growing in it because okay. we have this current that, that flows through the, the long Island sound, yep. you know, in between long Island yep. and Connecticut. I'm from long right? Island, man. So I'm yeah, not, yeah, yeah, yeah. I grew so, up boating too, but like, right. Not, yeah. yeah. So it washes up all that sediment. So there's all this food in the water and in the Mediterranean, there's basically no current anywhere. Okay. Which is so strange coming from here where there's always, the water's always moving. Yeah. It's always going one way or so the other. So it's almost like a lake. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of. You tie the boat up at the dock at the med and, and the water does not, I mean, it changes maybe, maybe a half meter at the most, depending on which way the wind's blowing and, and pushing the water and, and all that. And uh, someone coming from Connecticut or, or even from, from New York City where, they're, you know, in Connecticut we have maybe one meter, three feet, three and a half feet of tide. And sure. in New York they have you know 20 feet you know and uh it was um yeah the the islands they're it's different italy's got these so we parked our boat behind this giant concrete wall and i have to say the concrete wall is a third of a mile long uh two and a half garb like uh normal garage doors high wow. okay so they just built this thing out what, of entire boat too so so to break the waves oh yeah yeah like i know what you're saying kind of like yeah. why they do a jetty right right and what you don't take appreciation for here is that we've got long island we've got fisher's island we've got these natural rivers and yeah right. natural barriers where in italy they just have there are a lot of places that are just coastline and so they need to build these giant walls and even the giant walls uh man there were a couple of days where you it's it's funny you're standing behind this wall that's you know there are garage doors in it they're they have garage, you know, garage boxes in this wall. A bright sunny day, 
wind out of the west, really windy, and there are waves crashing over this wall and like raining on you salt water in the sun. It's a, it's pretty, it's a, it's a kind of a strange thing to have happen, but I'm sure. And if you, uh, so you, you've mainly just during the Europe thing. Have you gone anywhere else? No, just, uh, just that this year. No, I haven't, I haven't done a lot of traveling other than that. But no, I mean, no, that sounds like a great place to start though. Do you have a desire to like a hope to go anywhere else? God. Yeah. You know, I want to go so many places. Um, you know, and you, and you, when you talk to people, you hear about so many places that are so cool. Like I was just talking to, uh, one, someone who worked on a yacht that went to Sri Lanka for a week, just with like a backpack full of clothes and had the most amazing time. And, uh, you know, once you fly there, everything's cheap. You just stay in hostels and hang out on the beach and do whatever you want to do. And it makes you I mean, think like stuff in there is so cheap in another country. It's like marginally cheaper than the U.S. That you're right. You literally can just go with a backpack of clothes and belongings and just figure it out from there. That's right. totally feasible. And and we have, I think we have the privilege of speaking English, which has kind of become this international language. Yeah. And like, so you didn't really need to learn the language. People spoke, and I feel like oh. people. Did you? <laughs> So, I mean, when you go to Florence or you go to Pisa or you go to the big towns, everybody knows English. But uh, in Rosignano, where we were, it's uh, overwhelmingly Italian. So you got good Italian. You can speak good Italian. Parlo un po' di italiano, but it's hard to learn. And it's, um, <laughs> you know, even studying Spanish in school, right. it, uh, it didn't, it helped a little bit, I guess, with yeah. the sentence formation and all that. But um no, for sure. Yeah. I've got, in a couple months, you, uh, what someone told me is, uh, you need to learn pitching Italian. So like pitching Italian is like, is like kind of like the verbs and the, the things to, um, you know, to be able to order things or to be able to take mm-hmm. directions or give directions right. and things like that. And I'm trying to get back to, uh, learning Spanish. So I took Spanish for six years in high school. I took it yeah. from middle school into high school. And then my senior year, I took it like at a, 200 level in college like okay. through Syracuse. So essentially I bypassed all Spanish in college <laughs> because I took it in high school, Good right? For you, man. Thanks. But uh I'm not bragging, I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're talking it's been almost like 10 years since I've right. spoken Spanish actively. So uh I I'm putting together a, a list of goals for 2019 and with all these apps and these different tools to learn languages, Duolingo, all Duolingo's these websites. Good. Yeah. I'm trying to I'm going to regain my competency in Spanish cuz I still know words and when I was talking to those Spanish people or uh, you know, people from Central America I used to work with. I used to talk to them in Spanish a little bit. Yeah. I still got it. I can hear it, but um, like most people, I can hear it better than I can speak it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking it is really hard. Um, and and understanding understanding it and then understanding the... You know, like I can, I can have a conversation in Italian with somebody that knows that I don't know Italian. Right. But if, but if they, once they start speaking really fast to you, you know... Right. And, and whatever you do right and there's also the dialect right so it's like yeah there's we learn oh, yeah. the very like proper spanish and italian in high school like right. the dog is red yeah, but the way that right. they speak it's like very slangy kind of uh-huh. like how i talk you know right and uh yes yeah it certainly exactly. doesn't make it easy it doesn't make it doesn't make it easy and and the the quick you know it, there's one thing where someone's speaking italian to you and they know they know that you Italian's not your native language. 
so they they tone it down. Yeah. Uh, and there are other things where you're trying to listen to people who speak Italian have a conversation, and then is that a trip then, hearing people talk really fast? Yeah, and, and and especially as you get better and you can like pick out the words you're saying, but your brain just doesn't move fast enough to like pick yeah. up the whole the whole gist of of what's going on. Yeah. It's um. Do you dream in Italian? I know some people like when they're learning, they start I to did, dream I in did. the other language. Yeah, I did have, I did. I mean, when I was really, uh, so the the family's German, so so so. Basically, during the summer, we didn't speak Italian that much, but I had a little. I mean, I'd been living there, so I I picked up the hello and and how much does this cost <laughs> and all that. Very powerful uh, phrases. Right, but when I got back, um. You know, to make any friends at the bar, I mean, like, or or to even talk to bartenders or anything, you have to speak in Italian. So, uh, you learn really fast at that point. You know, when and the people who were working on the boat wanted to speak Italian more than English, so, um, you get kind of you once you get once your brain starts thinking that way. I think it it uh. It keeps going, it keeps going, it keeps going. And if the last conversation you had was in Italian right before bed, like, you will dream. In Italian. In Italian, maybe. <laughs> I did, um, yeah, maybe. That's the thing. Nobody really knows about the brain because it's yeah, way right. too complex. But I did, a, I did a, like, a paper and, a, like, a 30-minute presentation my senior year of college. I studied psychology. Okay, and one yeah, of well, my, I, uh, I know about this. Yeah. Did I tell you about this already? No, I don't know. Oh, no, you just know about dreaming and stuff? No, I don't know really oh. anything about this. I'm just saying oh. psychology would explain this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, so getting back to it. So I studied psychology senior year. I took this class, semin- uh, you know, psychology seminar. Um, okay. And we had to take <clears throat> do a presentation. And my professor was like, you can do it on anything you want as long as I approve it. So I went up to her and I said, hey. I'm going to do it on something cool. I'm going to do it on dreaming. I like, I drew up a good plan on like the science of dreaming, the neuroscience behind it, the history of it, the significance of it, like consciousness, the future, all that. Right. So she loved it. She went for it and I got to do a cool presentation about it. But what I've learned from doing that project. And again, two things is like, Number one, we don't know anything about the brain. What we're learning right now, we are scratching the surface. That's like, I want to put that out there right now and preface that all. But from what they know right now, it's like dreaming seems to be a combination of stimuli that you perceive, like you said, before you go to bed or in your reality or every day. And then a combination of that with like a hodgepodge of stuff from your memories, right? (laughs) But the thing that I always point to that's interesting and kind of like trippy is that you always dream about the things that you are exposed to. And like, let's say right now you're going back to mystic for three, four weeks, right? You're going to be spending time with your friends, your family, your high school buddies, all people from mystic. Yo, my gut would be for the next month. You probably dream about more people in mystic than you do in Italy. But when you're there, you're probably dreaming about situations and stuff yeah. in Italian and Italian stuff. It makes sense. Your, it does make sense. Because your brain's trying to clean out all the thing, the garbage from the day, and, and you what you have is the, the things that are in the the you know, the random access memory, if you will, the RAM of your brain, and that's all which has been happening currently. Yeah. And Yeah, wow. Right. Come I mean on. like and listen, I'm not saying I know I know a ton about, you know, dreaming and and really the huge science behind it. But, you know, there's that whole Joe Rogan school of thought that, like, you know, dreaming is produced by the pineal gland dude, and DMT. And I, yeah, and yeah. That, and he's dude, had some really good people on his show 
who especially recently, recently. his show has been good man i don't know i love joe rogan's podcast but what were you saying no no i i guess my next question is do you believe in free will do i believe in free will that's like a complete 180 question um, no 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 it comes back into all this like in, in psychology and things like do you believe that we have free will Yes, I do. Yeah, I do believe that we do have free will. I've never been asked this question before, and I haven't put that much thought into it, to be completely honest with you. But yeah, I think that like you can very clearly make decisions that will impact your life. Like, yo, you can go home, have sex with your girlfriend without a condom, forget to pull out, shoot a load in her, and then all of a sudden you have a kid. It's like, yo, that yeah. wasn't... That wasn't predetermined. Like, you made that choice. But did you make that choice because of perhaps what your mother ate for breakfast like six weeks before you were born or i and we just don't know that yet because i don't think so you know joe rogan had this guy named uh, robert slopsky or something i can't remember his last name and 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 someone's you know gonna kill you he's a he's a (laughs) professor at uh i believe like stanford and all his videos are on youtube of um what is this it's uh it's uh like um molecular behavior or something like that and he goes through all of these things that try to explain you know the way the way that we act and then and then he he, he ties it back into into um and, a molecular uh, it, but it, level but it really it really makes you think that like all of the things that we thought that were free will before and now we're learning are just like you know chemical traits or or genetic traits right that that are just showing themselves and every time not every time we find a mystery in what we think is free will, but 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 we're closing in on the box of the things that we think are free will and that are actually just our uh, you know chemical mechanics, if you will. Yeah, I don't even know if we're closing in because that's sort of like a philosophical debate. I feel that's like you know you can never really have a certain you can never have certainty, right? But I think now with Probably everything not. we're learning we're learning more because there's never been right. more data out there. There's never been more ways to study things. So they're getting more answers, which is the same with I would say just about every other field. Think about nutrition. Think about right. everything we've learned in the last 5 to 10 years. Sugar's the enemy. In our lifetime, like I said this on the podcast before, eggs have gone from being good to <laughs> us to being bad. Now they're back to being good so like (laughs) you never fucking know man and like the nutrition information um that we had as kids was like completely like a lie yeah yeah and i think i think the problem is that we're living in this this machine that's way more complicated and and every time every time we peel back one layer of the onion and and figure that one out we realize it's way more complicated than it was right you know on that and now let's throw machines into it man I think we're just chemical machines when it all comes down to it, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and I think it, you know, I don't think it's free will we have. It's some sort of weird, you know, chemical imbalance. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, but, um, I mean, it I sounds woo woo and psychedelic, right? But like the idea of free will and the idea of being conscious in your body, there's people that talk about this stuff at a very, very high level, but it's also the same comparison to that guy who's a smart physicist that's just, you know, jotting away these equations that you have no idea what they're saying on a pad. It's like, yo, he very may, very might be true, right? But also like that guy might be a crock of shit. It's like when you talk about people talking about consciousness, a huge red flag goes off in me. It's like, I need to see some data i need to see some empiricism because like i don't know man i I studied i studied like traditional 
Like I studied in school of like an education that was traditionally like empirically rooted. So yeah. I have, I'm skeptical when it comes to people making claims about your body, wellness, consciousness, anything like that. I need to see some data. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think there's, there's so much gray area around it that even, even the data you do get and even the, the science that's been done, uh, deserves to be, uh, scrutinized. Yeah, it yeah. does. But the thing is like, you know, I don't, I'm not even scrutinizing them cause I, I applaud their efforts. It's just oh, yeah. like, this yeah, is, yeah. this is a construct that's minimally possible to fucking, you know, <laughs> me measure it's impossible, sure. you know, and the data, it's not going to be consistent until we can get machines that are so fancy that we could measure your experience or something. I just don't see it being possible. Yeah. And that's the problem. I feel like that's a problem with most psychology, you know? That, it's like, that might be true. I mean, it's and, not the problem with it. It's like you have to study like what we have in this moment. But when you think about what we knew about the brain 60 years versus now and yeah, then probably right. what we'll know in 60 years, it's going to be laughable. But that's just the nature of development, right? Yeah, nature of being humans. <laughs> yeah, and we're just ramping up, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think you think about fifty years ago, they didn't learn about tectonic plates in in middle school, you know, and and the way the earths were, and 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 now we're here, you know, in this day and age, and, and tectonic plates is just kind of something that everybody everybody agrees to, or for the for the most part, I mean, yeah, like, except the flat earthers, yeah, yeah, <laughs> maybe right. I f you think people are still flat earthers? I feel like that kind of went away. I mean, I feel like it was a troll, but then people were actually. It's what always happens in the internet, right? It starts out a, probably someone on 4chan or Reddit just trolling and making a joke that the world is flat. But there's enough Dude, idiot people trolls. out there it's that just believe troll. it. I think it's just trolls now. I don't. I don't. I mean, I can't say for certain. I mean, they're they're crazier people out there than you can think. But I think most of them are just trolls at this point. I agree. I know, but I'm saying I just don't even hear t talks of flat Earth anymore. They kind of gave that up. They're yeah. pretty quiet these days. <laughs> Where you at, flat Earthers? They've moved on. They've they moved on to trolling something else. Uh, yeah. You know, I don't know the moon landing, yeah. dude. Which I just heard like Steve Curry or some NBA player just went on a podcast the other day. It was talking about how how uh, the moon landing was a hoax or something like that. Yeah, and it just makes me like that just. It doesn't make me angry per se, but it just me. It's just like, dude, when were you like? When did you become an astrophysicist, man? Like, yeah. And and now and now he's agreed to tour the Hubble, the Hubble, uh, like, uh, lunar museum in, in Houston, and and that's cool. Learn but, a little bit more about but it. But for someone who who so many, especially young people, like Look strive to. to be, and for you to just go and say something that's like so blatantly not uneducated but 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 Lately there's just wrong. so little evidence for and and you know we could all be wrong it, it, it i'm not even gonna say it could yeah. be a hoax but you know no that's the thing is that like i i have a hard time saying anything really happened or didn't happen unless i was there you know it's like unless you were there like you can't say that with no i'm not saying every event i'm just saying the events yeah. that are like up to speculation it's like yo i don't know i wasn't there out of my pay grade you know yeah yeah that's true <laughs> <laughs> oh my god man well, i can't believe i can't believe you came down here man I i'm i'm happy i'm happy to be here dude i'm happy to be you know back, back in, in connecticut back in uh the country like i was having random when i i flew here via london and 
I was so happy just to be in a country where I could talk to people and have them all speak my language. I was having random conversations yeah. with everybody. It was great. I'm sure it probably makes you probably makes you really appreciate it, you know, and how easy life could be here versus you know having. Because I give anyone credit. Like shout out to the people that you brought out earlier, brought up earlier, Derek and Goodger, and they they've been living in Norway for yeah, like right. two three months right now. Like yo, I give my friend Derek a hell of a lot of credit, man. He he put his money where his mouth was, and he moved to another country. You got to jump in with two feet. Yeah, and I agree. I'm a firm believer with that with everything, man. How you do anything is how you do everything. Yeah, maybe. It's, um, yeah, yeah. Um, and sailing is a really strange, I guess, like, strange thing to do. But but I have a lot of friends, and, and there are, like, there is a way to do it, I guess. Yeah. If you, like and i don't i mean sailing through to, to be truthful sailing is is like maybe 10 percent of my job so so there's there's that as well yeah i mean i think that's a lot of people though when you actually look at the reality versus like what you think it is it's almost never true you know you yeah. you, you picture this job where you know it's beautiful out and you know you're sailing <laughs> and you're everyone's having fun clinking right. drinks but like no a lot of the time it's cold as fuck you don't want to be out there and you're sailing this boat and yeah. whether you want to do it or not this is a life you chose yeah. man and you got to be out there yeah you know before this you I, ain't no bitch before <laughs> <laughs> i am uh um no but before this you know um I used to work for a really small company, so I'd get a lot of time off, and uh, we would, I would um, jump on deliveries for boats. So, so during the winter, you know, a lot of people who who have enough money and have big boats that that live in Newport like to go down to the Caribbean for the winter because the water's warm and they can fly down and enjoy their boat. And then in the spring, they like to bring their boat back up. So, so before this, I used to to do a lot of uh, deliveries like that. It'd be like seven, eight, nine days of just sailing a boat right. <laughs> and uh it's funny because because you think of it and you think of like oh that's gonna be so cool and i can't remember you know the first time i went on one i was so psyched to like um it was a reverse trip actually so i flew to the caribbean and sailed the boat back and it's like you're so psyched and then halfway not even halfway through i mean day two man you're just like i can't wait to be back on land wow. <laughs> and uh and um yeah, you're right. Some days the weather's great. You're like, this is cool. Uh, other days, you're just it's your like, worst I just want to be back on land. And then finally, like, you know, it's day six and you're so close. It's like, oh, I can't wait to be back on land. And then you get back on land. And two weeks later, sure enough, you're like, man, that was really cool. Like, and then someone asks you to do it again. And you're like, yeah, I'll do it. And then two days into that trip, right. you're like, bring me back on land. <laughs> right. Wow. And like, I mean, obviously I'm not asking you to disclose your salary or anything over here, but like, I assume because the rent, like your rent's paid, right. You're living on a boat. Um, your food's probably taken care of. Do you make yeah. enough money to like fucking do what you like to do, man? Yeah, you make, yeah, you make, you make enough money. Uh, you certainly do. I, I mean, and yeah, if you're going to go out to the bar and get a drink, you, you have to pay for that. But but for the day-to-day -day life, you know, normally you don't spend any money every day. And, and then every month you get you get the stipend. I have to say that working on a boat in Italy, you make a lot less money than you would having the same job in the United States, maybe. But um, every, does things cost less there? No, just the, the Italian... Um, there's, I mean, it's just the unemployed. It's just, it's just, I think it's just uh, supply and demand. I think there's so many people who need the job over there that you can, you can afford to pay so much less money. Um, 
I'm lucky enough that 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 I get paid enough to do what I want to do. I mean, if I did the same job in the United States, maybe I would make a little bit more money, but but I get to see the world this way. So Yeah, that's awesome. And uh what's what's the future, man? You going to try to go back out and keep doing this for a while? You got to wrap up. You have any idea or you just can't call it? I mean, I'm 30 years old. Uh, I, that doesn't mean anything, but, yeah. um, how you feeling, man? I gotta tell you, I'm 25 and I know 25 is like not old and people are probably laughing at that, but I'm the oldest I've ever been, right? I'm about to turn 26. I feel good, man. I've been exercising. I eat right. I'm not like a booze bag. I don't fucking dr- like drink four nights yeah. a week. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like if you take care of your meat vehicle, you'll be all right. Um, I feel I feel great. Uh, I mean, like I am so good, man. I'm so <laughs> I'm so lucky. Like I wake up every day and have energy to do uh, whatever it is that I need or or want to do. And um, yeah, at some point, I think uh, at least I'd like to do something for that's not taking care of someone's big toy, yeah. uh, which is what this is in the saying. end. And um, so, what, you'd like eventually maybe like you run your own operation. No, I, I mean, I I don't know what I I don't know what I'd like to do. I mean, yeah, I wish. I, of course, dude, you're too early I wanted, in the process. If I wanted, if I knew what I wanted to do, I'd you'd be, be doing, doing it. it. Yeah, <laughs> but like, but like, we're, we're all need to respond with that. Yeah, we're all going. We're all going through this checklist in life, which is what we don't want to do. And um, this job is pretty cool, but if it, you know, uh, this is not something you want to be stuck in with a with a wife and child, and and uh, and have to you know be. I mean, the boat's a big ball and chain, so like it'd be cool if I if if I had a girlfriend or 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 something who who lived on the boat with me and we did this for a couple of years. That'd be pretty cool. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll have to we'll have to see. I mean, there there are options out there, and and there there's so many things that uh that seem fun. That this is just one adventure. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome, man. No, and I and I love to hear about it. And um, you know, I I hope you're still around here in the next couple of years. I hope you make it back and we can get some skiing and shit. In. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, but you, so you're gonna you're gonna be here for another couple of weeks. So we'll definitely have to get up skiing, like we were talking about before. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, be here for a couple of weeks yeah. and um, try to spend a couple of those weeks in Vermont for sure. All right. Anything else you want to talk about or plug, man? Dude, what what what? I don't know. You can edit this out, right? If it goes yeah, wrong. Yeah, no, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> um, wow, what do I want to talk about? I don't know. I don't really. I guess I don't really have anything else to talk about, dude. I was listening to the coolest thing though the other day. Yeah, tell me. So, about um, uh, Elon Musk, Musk's second in command at SpaceX was on. Uh, I think NPR's like Marketplace or something. She yeah. did some like, and. Uh, and the host is really digging into her about, um, you know, Elon saying his things on, on Twitter, you know, and like in like he, he like asked her straight up, does he make your job more or less difficult? And, and she answers it being like, you know, his job is to make my job difficult or something like that. Uh, towards the end of the podcast, though, he asked her straight up, what are you doing in 10 years? What is SpaceX doing in 10 years? And she says, shuttling people to and from Mars. And the host rightly goes, yeah, right, like, no way, blah, blah, blah. And she goes into this whole thing that's like, you know, given the momentum that we have right now and the rockets and maybe not totally feasible, but optimistically feasible that in 10 years, there's going to be a ferry service to, to Mars 
seems reasonable from Mars to me seems a lot more difficult. But so I don't I don't wow. know if it's gonna be ten years, but like I think the idea and by ferry you mean like hey we leave here and it's a long time to Mars <laughs> like. There's going to be that, but it's not going to be like, hey, you're taking a 36-hour flight to Mars. Yeah, like, that right. ain't going to happen. No, but it's like, yo, nothing. I believe in 10 years they'll probably try to shoot someone to Mars or a monkey or something. I mean, I think that's so cool. And um, I, th- I just, you know, it's one of those things I expected her to say, like, e- I expect us to have so many things satellites in space or or something like that but but no she was straight up like i believe we will be running space missions to and from mars and i don't i don't know something about me says that like uh like i i'm in i'm in on humans becoming an interplanetary species like i think i you know i think that's uh all those things you hear about you think it's a wise investment do you think it's a wise investment for us to be doubling down on space when we have like the problems here? I'm and I'm not saying this no, is no, what no. I agree. I'm just saying it like that's this the is, narrative. This is a good question. That's a because narrative. there are a lot of there are a lot of problems here. But you think of the asteroid scenario scenario or a the good chance we get hit. Right. And and we won't know until fifteen minutes before or something, and you have a dinosaur like devastation of, of humankind. Um I think that the the interplanetary kind of argument seems to be like, hey, man, if, if we're just here to reproduce, then we might as well be reproducing on two spe- separate spaceships than putting all of our all of our dollars into and one eggs spaceship. in one basket, yeah, so like, to speak. Yeah, I don't know. I think you're right. I mean... I just don't think Mars is in, inhabitable. Like, it's not inhabitable. No, no, it's not. And we're so far away from being able to be, like, having civilizations over there Dude, and infrastructure. I'm just right. saying, the fact that we can get someone to Mars, like, a person, right? I think in our lifetime. But Probably. the fact that, hey, me and you can get on an sh- express flight no, to no, Mars. No, no, that's no. not going to happen. It's still going <laughs> to take years. I, I love where your head's at, though, because that's, like, what I think about sometimes. I think I think that, you know, there are ways... It's addicting to think about. I think there are ways that we could land there and make it sustainable and make it maybe... Yeah. I, who knows? You know, sustainable yeah. is crazy. There's but so the, many things about Mars that, like, where you land, like, where you try to set up your civilization if it's too far south, like... It, you get the sunlight to do the solar power, but the the sun is so strong that there's no ice in the earth to get the water from. And if you're too far north, you don't have the sun to make your solar electricity, but you have all the water. Right. So you have to like pick where you go. Landing things on Mars is like wildly complex because the atmosphere is so thin, and and you can't just you know you can't just do the uh, the Falcon thing and land your rocket booster by shooting straight. You know you know the rocket booster comes down and they fire the fire the rockets. And and it, and it kind of levels itself down. If you do that on Mars, the Earth isn't like isn't like um, soil enough or or stick enough. You could you could literally just blow yourself into a thousand foot, you know, canyon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like... I um. So I, I I would love to see 
more money and more um, emphasis into space travel and space research. But sadly, it just doesn't seem to be the world we're in. You know, like federal no. funding for space is laughable. Yeah. And then the only and that's why you know the two people that are putting money into you know into space travel are like Elon Musk and Bezos. It's like yeah, Amazon yeah. and and uh, and and Elon Musk. It's yeah, like those it. two guys. Like they're the people that are pushing research. Not like I'm not saying NASA doesn't have things they're working on. I'm just saying it's like yo, there's NASA, there's Elon Musk, there's Bezos, and then like that's it, you know? Yeah, yeah. There's not like it's not like right now where there's all these venture capitalist funds funding these startups. It's not like those are all for space. There's very few players because it's expensive. It's right. hard to break into. I think I think it'd be cool, in the sense that like, I have to bring it back to like Italy or the United yeah. States or or something. But like Italy, you know, before the um. What do they call it? The um, the Reformation. The uh, mm-hmm. not the Reformation. The um, when they all started studying again in the thirteen hundreds. The Renaissance. Renaissance. Yeah. Before that, it was. It, I don't think before that, but but you know, it was a bunch of warring colonies, right? And then they get together, right? So everyone's proud for their one city that right. they're in. You know, like we're mm-hmm. Pisa, we're yeah. Firenze, we're yeah. Roma. Yeah. And then they all get together and they're like, we're Italy, and we're taking on the Europe. Is just like where right? America's at. Right. And now they're part of the European Union, so they can also raise that flag that's like, hey, we're Europe. And what happens when we have humans in other countries and we can finally say, hey, man, we're Earth. Like, we're Team Earth. Like... We'll go to the Olympics on whatever right. planet you want, but we're we're Team Earth. Right, and that's like a famous a famous quote. There's like a famous speech. I think it was Eisenhower who said like, "Oh really? How quick how quick we'd put aside our differences if the enemy we were fighting was from another planet." Oh man, I you know. And the conspiracy theories they 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 like they they strap onto that one. They love that phrase. But yeah, it's true. It's true, man. It's like it is going to be a weird concept when we have another planet. But again, I, I don't think that that's really going to be in our lifetime. You probably think? not. But you know, at least we one may, could hope. At least, at least if you know, it probably won't be in our lifetime. But at least maybe we can steer. We can give humanity like the little push that maybe we'll get it there by right. a little bit faster. I'm thinking it's going it's into digital, the digital world. I think it's a much more likely scenario that everyone gets sucked into super realistic computer powered VR and everyone's just in a matrix type scenario <laughs> where everybody has these super, super powerful VR goggles. And my, my, my thought is that everybody works these mundane ass jobs that they may or may not even like. And then at the end of the day, they just power into to their their seat and they just live the life they really want in air uh, quotes you know that's where i think downfall because dude if you don't think that's realistic that vr is going to be that good where people are going to want to opt into that rather than like you know real life where they don't where they're not as good i think you're tripping yeah yeah I, uh it's an episode I mean, of black mirror about right. that same yeah, concept exact, the same uss concept. fucking whatever yeah, yeah i can't yeah. remember the episode but that's a good one that's one of my favorites because that's is. such a good concept because it that's is. what it's going to be like it is man and video games are only getting more and more addictive you know they are i uh yeah they are they are and i, I, I Dude, have you played any good video games lately so you want to hear something funny so i do not really play a lot of video games okay but i have a gaming computer that can like seriously play just about yeah, yeah anything. what you've been playing man so you're gonna laugh at me because it's about eight years too late oh, okay. skyrim dude. oh really i just started playing so skyrim for me this is what happens every elder scrolls game i play it 
I can't get into it. And then I let it sit on the shelf for like five years. And then I pick it up again, which is where I am right now. Yeah. And I get immersed into it. Before that, I was playing Soul Calibur. Wow. Okay. So like, so like, so like. So like adventure games, yeah. No, I, dude, honestly, like I, I played, I, I, I don't play a lot of games, man. I've played mm-hmm. like GTA, GTA Five recently, which was awesome. Oh, really? That's pretty cool. But not, I, not really. I'm not super into games. Are you? Yeah. No, no, not at I'm all. I'm just interested in games. That's yeah. the thing is, I don't play a lot of them, but I know where they're at. Like, I ain't yeah. played Red Dead Redemption yet, but I know it's dude, sick. Yeah, I know it's I know, sick. I know that's- but I will. I will. I will get it eventually, and it'll be sick. But the thing is, at this rate, I'll probably get it in 2023 or something. Yeah, right. You'll be. You'll, yeah, I'm, I'm late too. You know, and actually, I just I uh, I have a computer that can do Fortnite. So uh, so I got. I mean, I've been hearing so much about it. I downloaded Fortnite, and man, I wish I was 14 again. I'm not into Fortnite. I don't like the fact that I could be shooting you and all of a sudden you're just building and now all of a sudden you're Dude, in the sky. It, I know that's the strategy of it. I just don't yeah. like it. I just don't like it. Yeah, I, I understand. I'm so bad at it. I'm like, so I bad too. I have to too. Hate, hated it too because you have to rethink because we grew up playing games, you know, like yeah. Halo, right? Where there's no wall building. And yeah, it makes you, you rethink, like, and yo, you understand. It the, does. It the makes, kids that are good at it, they're like yeah, the young kids, man. you're like, holy shit. Yeah, and they can school you pretty hard just by putting up a couple walls, and it really, I think, I think that's why I love it because I'm so bad at it, and because it like really it humbles like, works. you. Yeah, it humbles you, and it really makes you think hard about how you're gonna like get into every interaction and. uh I it's like skiing trees, and you have to think like two steps yeah, ahead. You always got to think a turn ahead, right? Yeah. yeah. I like that. And you know what's funny? I played, uh, so I have a PlayStation 4. I bought it like two or three years ago. It's mainly okay. just used for entertainment at this point. Yeah. But they, they give free games away every like month, right? Just oh, two cool. you can download just for free. And, you know, a couple months ago is uh, Black Ops 3, right? Call of oh, Duty. Oh, cool. I yeah. haven't played Call of Duty since Black Ops 1. Black Ops 1 was the last one that I bought. Black Ops the one that did the zombies? Uh, that was the first zombies was World at War, the World oh, War okay. 2 one. Um, but I haven't played COD essentially in probably you know, seven to 10 years. Right. So all of a sudden I download uh, black ops three. I start playing it. I went like four and nine, which isn't good, but I was like, yo, considering the only people that are playing this are like level 100 and I haven't played this shit in years. I'm cool with four and nine. I was like hyped to go like sub yeah, yeah, 500. Yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's not so bad. That's not so <laughs> no, bad. I suck though, dude. I like, I don't know if you feel the same way, but just with the speed of how I can hold a controller and, you know, point a gun and like precisely shoot something that, that muscle memory is just so far removed. It is. I think, and that's the thing that I realized, I think going into this game is, is I played, um, I didn't play a lot of computer games, but I played Halo and my reaction time, my reaction time, I feel like on the computer trying to play Fortnite is so much slower than when I was, 15 16 like yeah because you were just you were stretching that muscle all the time yeah maybe 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 that's the thing maybe i just need to practice more or they say now that e-gamers like once they're 25 26 27 like sometimes they're just they're not as good anymore because they they have they have a shorter prime they have a shorter (laughs) lifespan than people in the nfl it's like a running back who's 32 it's like he's past his prime yeah there's just you're 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 you can't just uh you can't click that fast anymore 
I don't know. That is crazy. And it's it's just insane. That's just a testament to the fact that esports, electronic sports are are mainstream are like, yo, they're not on the fringe anymore. Like they're selling out Madison Square Garden yeah, to right. watch Overwatcher, which is funny League of Legends. Because it's, it's still on the fringe. It still is, but, <laughs> but it's like, yo, you can't fight numbers. Right. I'm a big believer. You, you can't, can't fight, fight when money. there's Madison Square Garden sold out to watch the League of Legends, yeah, Legends, League of Championship. Legends Championship. Right, yeah. Right. Oh my god. You ever god. play League of Legends? I did. So this is so video games for me, League of Legends is the side of the spectrum with games that I hate the most. Games that oh, I like so the most. Hard. Listen, games that I like the most, right? Here yeah. are the two qualities. Like easy learning curve. Like anybody can pick like Smash Bros, yeah, Mario yeah, yeah, Kart. Yeah. Okay. Easy learning curve, quick games. I don't want so like League of Legends games are 45 minutes to an hour and a half. You have to have mastery. You, you have to understand each character to the point you yeah. got to put five to 10 hours of research in to understand no, how to play no, the character. No, no, no but no. that's too much, man. That's yeah, it much. is too much. It's too much. League of Legends is too much. And, and Dota 2 is like one league above that. And my it's brother even crazy. Played, my brother has like a thousand hours on that game. Yeah, I have, a good, I have a good friend who's, who was pretty good at it. And, uh, and I loved watching him play, but I could never do it myself. And it, it's so many of those things together. It's the, it's the team aspect because they're five. Communication. I, I mean, the, the strategy. The complexity of that game blows my mind, and that's why I love it. But I, you're right. I could never do it myself. For sure. All right, yo, man, let's wrap this up. I yeah, got some friends yeah. coming over. Dude, I appreciate you coming all the way out here. It's been a fun time, man. It's been yeah. cool getting to know you. Um, anytime you want to come back, maybe we'll record one of these um, before you head off. Or, you know, maybe I'll come visit you out there someday and uh, we can record one on a boat. That'd be fucking cool. Anytime. That would, that would be really cool. Yeah. Uh, I, I, dude, this has been really cool. I've never done a podcast before, so uh, happy to be on. Yeah, man, you just did it. So you can cross that out for your bucket list. Good night, people. Tune in next week.
Oh, 